Tony Stewart, editor-in-chief of ComicallyInclined.com. And I am Blake Hickman, the digital media director. And I am Brittany Shelton, your social media manager. Well, hello, team. How are we doing this week? Phenomenal. Yeah? We got a lot more naked Chris Hemsworth than I was expecting. We did. Yes. We did. For sure. There's uh, nothing wrong zero with complaints, so. Yeah, and we will be... Uh, There's actually we'll... one complaint going around the internet. Is it the the pixelated ass yes yeah I've, everybody I've, wants to see the real ass i have the same complaint about bukake um but the uh so we will be breaking down the new Thor Love and Thunder trailer here in just a little bit. I have some crazy fan theories to go along with that that everybody is telling me I'm stupid for. So we'll see what the chat has to say. I'm really interested um, in who these people are. Yeah. Um, well, you were definitely one of them. I did not. Think. I have a proof. I have screenshots. I, I do want to go ahead and address Nick Beck's comment. No, we uh, cannot lower gas prices. Um, I don't have that power yet. Ooh. Um, Jesse Aaron Dew is actually in the studio today, so he will be commenting live from next to us. Um, we have uh, Corey Peck, who is also new to the team and joining us as a social media consultant, and he is here as well. So if you hear random voices, that's who it is, um, other than the ones that... Wait, if I hear random voices and you don't hear random voices, is that okay? Oh, it's completely okay. Yeah, I think that's it totally... a lot, actually, that's totally if anything. Me. Speaking of random voices, Blake, you want to break down some news? Let's fire up Rumor Mill. So uh, this week on Rumor Mill, uh, Secret Invasion, there is uh, news that it is actually <laughs> going to take place during the blip. Yes, yes. So uh, it was... This is honestly one of the, the, the last things on Rumor Mill that I learned about recently through you before yeah, we went I live. said it like three minutes so, ago. So uh, <laughs> since I have not read on it, Danny, do you want to touch base on what you've read? So it, uh, it was confirmed that uh, the Secret Invasion series for Disney Plus is going to take place during the five-year timeline of the blip. Um, and we have a lot of questions about that because oh, yeah. we all saw at the end of en uh, Infinity, Infinity War, War yeah. that yeah. Nick Fury dusted yeah. the fuck out. Yeah, Nick Fury yeah. gets uh, gets dusted right before he gets to deliver uh, Nick Fury's not I Nick Fury Samuel Jackson's infamous line. Uh, I don't know. I could see that being Samuel like Nick Fury's famous line as well. What motherfucker. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. that's a he was about both of them. Just yeah, in character. you're right. You're right. Yeah, this I mean, this isn't the first time he's going to be on Rumor Mill tonight. So yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, also, uh, he's not in the comments yet, but our human relations specialist and fact checker Ben Stewart should be dropping in any second now. Uh, I'm, I'm but, really interested to see uh, something in Marvel finally take place during that five year blip. Because, uh, I mean, honestly, that's a big gray area. That's a big unknown area that we have zero recollection of what the world was like. Uh, so I, I think this is going to be fun. I, I'm, I think we're going to see a lot of these main characters who dusted out uh, that a lot of people on Earth didn't know about. Uh, just because Skrulls came in because of their relation with Nick Fury, trying to, you know, fill in the blanks and, uh, you know, uphold a certain reputation. And I think it's going to be very, very interesting to find out uh, which characters they decide to do that as. Yeah, and it's also interesting uh, because we know, we've seen the pictures, the images of Nick Fury, no eye patch, bearded, that it's more than likely going to be the legit Nick Fury. So we're... Um, scrolls already imitating them at this point in the MCU. And then when we saw them snapped was that two scrolls. Um, and then we also know, and I'm, I'm drawing a blank on their names, but those same scrolls were imitating Nick Fury and Maria Hill for far from home. Right. And, uh, well, really far from home. That's um, all the ones we know for now. But, but I like, what is well, what? Like who's doing what now? From, um, WandaVision that was part of shield. That was 
also a scroll. So right. they're probably a lot through shield that yeah. were actually scroll. And the 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 group of scrolls that they will be basically will basically be the villains of the storyline are religious zealots. They're mm-hmm. not they're not your regular scrolls because we've seen that you know from Captain Marvel, uh, i.e. one of the best Marvel movies of all time. That the uh, those scrolls were were decent. They weren't they weren't awful or they weren't evil per se, but this group is. That's been right. my biggest curiosity with this show is how are they going to take these lovable characters that you kind of fell in love with during Captain Marvel like and all of that. like Whether you like her or not, these scroll, whenever you're dealing with them, you kind of enjoy talking with them and you enjoy everything that's going on. How are you going to turn and hate everything that they do? Well, so I've I don't know really that necessarily that. have to hate everything they do, but just that they don't have maybe the, the best intentions. Right. Yeah. Which is, Marvel's great about that. Villains that you can empathize with, but ultimately have to be stopped. Oh, yeah. I mean, so many villains actually have done that too. Uh, but next on the list, we have, uh, as unless you live under a rock, we have the Amber Heard, Johnny Depp trial that's still you know, going on. Really? Uh, so WB actually states Amber Heard recast on Aquaman 2 isn't in the cause of the court case going on. But it's because of her lack of chemistry with Jason Momoa. Yeah. So I will let y'all decide if that's believable or not. It's a really good explanation for why they got rid of her, you know, other than the fact that she's an awful human being. Right. Um, <laughs> the, I, so I knew that they had minimized her role, that they right. had cut a bunch of her scenes, that she had almost no time in the movie, but now they're recasting her. Right. Have we heard who the recast is? We have not. I really hope it's the chick from Game of Thrones. I can't think of her name for the Amelia, life. Amelia. Yeah. Uh, she's, oh, she's Ford's. in MCU now, actually. Yes, yeah. So. She's going to be the leader of the scrolls for yeah. Secret Invasion. Amelia Clark? Amelia Clark. Yep. Yes. There we go. Uh, so besides I hate that. everything about all of that because I love Mira as a character. She's mm-hmm. a badass. Well, I. It's funny because Amelia Clark isn't – well, either, neither is Amber Heard, a natural mm-hmm. redhead. But there's so many natural redheaded actresses in Hollywood that they could cast one. I don't know if it's that red, though. Right. I mean, <laughs> that's valid. That's valid. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty fucking red. Uh, but uh, Oh, there's Ben. Hey, Ben. <laughs> Welcome to the chat. <laughs> on past that, because we all see that enough on our socials every fucking day. Yeah, it's been- uh, We got Jason Sudeikis uh, is cast as Ted Cord in Blue Beetle now. Yes. Uh, which is Victoria Cord, who is supposed to be the main villain of Blue Beetle, her husband. And apparently Ted Cord, if I'm not mistaken, is a guy that just all the time gets kidnapped or held hostage. Incorrect. Ted Cord is the original uh, Blue Beetle. Oh, is he? So, yes. Yeah, so okay. the Silver Age Blue Beetle was Ted Cord. Um, there was a lot of adventures at that time of uh, Blue Beetle and Booster Gold, okay. which were kind of this comedy superhero duo um, that, that one of these But adventures. he's the husband of Victoria Cord, right? I and Cord is and Victoria Cord is the head of Cord uh, Cord Industries. Cord Industries, which is one of the main villains. Of I would go out on a limb and say that it's probably either going to be that Ted creates the Blue Beetle is something is already Blue Beetle in the comics and he dies or disappears for some reason. Gotcha. And then uh, Jaime Reyes Jaime Reyes becomes the new Blue Beetle, um, which yeah. if if you're familiar uh, and if you've watched Young Justice, then you know that the the powers that Jaime Reyes has are very different from Ted Kord's also. Yes. Because he's got a scarab um, that is from an alien race called the... Cool. Um, <laughs> they, I, I'm drawing I know things. I do not know words, um, though. Yeah. Uh, um, but 
Ted Cord was a tech-based hero, so he okay. he was like a he didn't nicer... fully unlock it. I think he got to a certain point and then had a really brutal death. Yeah, and then that's when Jaime came in. And I do know that the Beetle and the race of Beetles, because you had to ask me that question, I do not remember <laughs> that, um, are basically powerful enough to destroy Earth as a whole. Yes, that yeah, they're incredibly powerful. Arc, whole everything. The crazy thing about the 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 Jaime Reyes version of Blue Beetle is that the scarab based powers are very similar to Green Lantern. They actually okay. have color, different color scarabs mm-hmm. that imbue them with different abilities. Um, and then the blue being, you know, the more like nicer, sentient. Uh, and apparently, you know, Jason also just has a thing for playing a guy named Ted. That's true. Uh, you know what, Ted Lasso. I mean, I love Ted Lasso. Yeah, so no complaints. <laughs> uh, also, uh, we have a new Star Wars book coming out uh, June twenty eighth, I believe. Uh, Shadow of the Sith. Uh, Ray's parents are finally revealed of who they are, and it is canon to the Star Wars movie. Uh, the mother is described as a genius and an engineer. It's uh, Dathan and uh, Miramir. Uh, <laughs> Those yeah. are great names. <laughs> right. Uh, we get zero description in the book uh, of her father. Zero. But her father goes to describe the mother as a genius and an engineer. And so we have a little bit more than what the movies gave us. Right. But nothing just... They were junkers. Insanely awesome. They just sold you because right. they didn't have any money. But also in the book it describes, you know, uh, he describes her mother uh, as a genius and engineer. And she's like, there's no way she can be like this from the upbringing that came. And all they say is, well, your grandmother was an amazing woman. That's why your mother is like this. But so obviously the they were forced to... strong... Yes. Yeah. Palpatine. She's a Palpatine. Yep. Um, the the thing with the new Star Wars novels that, for me at least, mm-hmm. is I never really got into the expanded universe originally, and now I'm glad I didn't because none of that is canon. Sure. And I'm concerned that I'm going to invest in these new novels just to get canon information, right. and that at some point they're just going to be like, well, these aren't canon either, and then I'm just going to be like, <laughs> why do I know all of this? <laughs> right. This is the same with any comic, though. Really. I know. At any point, they're like, meh, we don't like this anymore. The big, uh, warm, comforting blanket of being a comic book fan is that they will inevitably always go back to the original canon for every character every time they change them. Because the status quo has to be maintained, and when sales drop and they don't know what else to do, they put them back the way they used to be when their sales were good. Reset. Yeah. Uh, so back to Samuel L. Jackson. Uh, he is casting in Garfield uh, as as Garfield's father. So therefore, Samuel L. Jackson everything. is Garfield's motherfucker. Who? Okay. Who had Garfield prequel movie on their 2022 list? I just want to know. I didn't see it coming. Am I the only one? I've been waiting years. Like, what's what was the demand for this? And secondly, how do you get Bill Murray out of? Samuel L. Jackson, <laughs> like, what's the? Is he like a street tough? Like, well, uh, doing like if uh, I'm not Heath mistaken, Cliff the movie. If I'm I don't mistaken, understand. Uh, Chris Pratt's supposed to be rumored to play Garfield's voice, right? Is he? I think so. I'm. I wasn't aware of that either. Him, Mario. Why not? <laughs> yeah, I mean, Chris Pratt's on a run. Give Pratt, the man, Pratt, Pratt. Give it. Give it all to him. Uh, so also, Lady Sif is confirmed and to be the return of uh, Thor: Love and Thunder. Her picture is not on the poster, but we do have her name uh, labeled in there. So I have to assume she's going to die. Yeah. You think so? Yeah. I think that the reason she's not being advertised to be in the movie is that she's not going to play a large role. Right. She's going to be somebody that like, kills her think, right off the bat. Well, think about Ragnarok, where they like unceremoniously killed off the Warriors 3. 
That's true. Some of the most oh, long-lived true. and best friends of Thor and have been in the comics right for there. forever. They just show up on screen and Hela's just like, and it's over. You know? I don't like you right now. I'm, I'm just <laughs> – I didn't make this decision. I'm not in charge of these things. I I'm didn't just saying. have that thought process until you mentioned it. Now you're yeah. not comfortable with that idea. I love I, her as a character itself. Yeah. And I, and I do too. And I loved when she popped up in the Shield? Loki series. Oh, yeah. yeah, in the Loki. Oh, that's yeah. so good. Agents like, of S.H.I.E.L.D. was all right. But when she popped up in Loki, that was hilarious. Um, and then I just feel like they've been kicking her contract around. But they – the thing with Sith – Sif, sorry. The thing with Sif is that she's Thor's wife. Um, mm. And in the comics, she's Thor's wife. And in the movie, she's not Thor's wife. And, uh, you know, there's this whole thing with, with Jane showing up again. And, right. you know, I think that they, in, like, Thor 1, kind of left it where you, you're like, well, yeah, he's into Jane now, but sif is like loving him and like waiting for him and then they'll they'll end up together eventually like that's the i mean jane only has a lifespan well yeah, sif true. has a lifespan and it, it gets shorter every time she turns into thor yeah. so uh he really but, needs to think about who's gonna be there for him the longest well what what if, <laughs> what if they just recreate the post credit scene from uh multiverse of madness and and sif just shows up and they go off to fight people and you're like oh they're gonna be together now i kind of think she's gonna be the love interest of valkyrie though I, that'd be cool too i'm Maybe. down i think valkyrie's gonna die also no i think that in the no. which we'll see in the trailer but i think that one of the gods when when gore is bleeding from the mouth i think that's right after he fought uh valkyrie hmm. no all right, uh, on to the next thing. We have uh, Namor and uh, Atlanteans. Uh, they are looking about maybe a possible origin change. Uh, everybody got a shirt and a hat with the Jaguar God on it, which is more relating back to the Aztecs. So, uh, and, and there's one of the people who's worked on Black Panther 2, Wakanda Forever, and they're saying that the Atlanteans are honestly going to be more towards the origin change than what we are used to from the comics. So it's very, very possible that they actually might be some kind of Aztec uh, inheritance. I can I, – I think that it's interesting that we refer to that as a an origin change when there is a strong theory that what people theorize to be Atlantis mm-hmm. is actually Aztec. Uh, the Aztec people, and that was just a misunderstanding. Mm. So it might not even be an origin change. It might just be an embracing of that that theory, right? And and that being what they go with. Because yeah, I Aztecs think it'll were... work. I'm I'm, a, I'm all about it. I'm not against it. So I th- I think it'd be great regardless because I mean they have a track record. Yeah, shit works. And and I also wonder if leaning into the Aztec side of things that explains how we end up with White Tiger. Hmm. The it's a. No, he's I know a, who. Okay, I know he's who a variation is. on Black Panther, but he's uh, he's got a Mexican heritage. Hmm. It's possible. Uh, so finally, we are getting the weird Marvel villain everybody's waited for in the She Hulk series. I mean, I've literally been here and talks about this for five, six years. Yeah. We are getting Porcupine Man. <laughs> so <laughs> we're getting Frog Man. Yes, and now we're getting Porcupine Man. Yes. I'm assuming these are going to be trial-based like, <laughs> representation of villains and superheroes. I just really pray to God that Porcupine Man is not comic accurate. <laughs> Why not, dude? Like He looks like a yellow fuzzball. No, he looks like a porcupine. It's like a yellow fuzzball. Like, like Sabretooth without a haircut. Uh, <laughs> I mean, honestly, 
I mean, I, if if it was me and I'm doing the CGI and I'm trying to put some movie together, they're probably going to be Porcupine Man. I'm I'm going to guess something similar to Spike in uh, X Men: The Last Stand. I would hope to make it somewhat realistic and not god awful. <laughs> but if I, not, it's going to look saber tooth with a bad haircut. So I think that. One of the most amazing things that She-Hulk can do for the MCU that we haven't seen Mm -hmm. to date is that they can kind of embrace the weirder side of Marvel's cast of characters and villains and put them in really nonsensical, comic-accurate costumes that make absolutely no sense and have no explanation. Right. And it makes sense in this capacity because it's like, where the hell do all these people come from? Why does it – Porcupine Man? Who doesn't own Twitter and can't just be like, hey, would this be a good idea? And then, like, see, like, the six million comments you get that are like, no, that's stupid. Why would you do that, you know? Technically, Frogman, if it's not his father, is actually a good guy. But he just has a really hard time being a good guy, right. kind of like Cat- or Kite Man. He's just a Kite really Man. bad villain. <laughs> so, I love so much. Kite, Kite Man, so hell yeah. Um, <laughs> but the I think that that's something that we've – and I've, I've mentioned it a few times, but the need – by comic book movie and TV medium to explain away every costume. Like, you know, it can't just be that a character likes to dress like a bat, you know? You need to, like, understand the mythos and, like, why he puts that bat costume on. It's fucking cool. That's why he puts the costume on. Why does Superman have an S on his chest? Because his name is Superman. It doesn't mean hope. It's an S. Uh, you know, stuff like that. Like Captain America, he's dressed like an American flag. Is that because he was, like, selling uh, war bonds in World War II? Yes. No! He's the literal <laughs> physical representation of the American spirit. That's why he's dressed like the American flag. You don't passionate flag. about this at all. I, no, I am. I hate this shit. And the only god he knows doesn't wear capes. The only one that made sense was Iron Man. Like, you do need an explanation for Iron Man. He built the armor, you know? But it didn't but have to else... technically look like that. Right. Like Hawkeye? I, they kind of did actually address that in the Hawkeye series. It uh, yeah, it took, now back it took where four months. Back where I, I come from, 30 miles south of here, uh, we actually have a bartender named Hawkeye. Oh. Yeah. Is he named, is it like a, a mash reference? No, it's a, it's a woman. She's, uh, she never lets your drink go dry. She replaces your drink before it's empty because she's got that Hawkeye. Mm. Swear, nice. I can't make that up, I swear to God. I, I'm, sounds like she earned the name. Yeah. Yep. So, anyways, a little fun fact. <laughs> ben Owlman didn't become cool when he put the cowl on. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> Owl, that's a weird choice. Like, you know what would be cool is if the alternate world version of Batman was dressed as an owl instead. What? It's close to a bat, I guess. It, it has wings and eyes. I. It sure. operates at night. Ed okay, spins. yeah, that's true. There's two differences. You have a bat signal, and then you have a motherfucker that goes, whoo, whoo. Not as cool. I mean, a bat has, never mind. Anyway, <laughs> anyway. the next one? <laughs> All right, <laughs> on to the next thing. We get the first reveal of uh, leaked uh, photos of Blue Beetle's costume. And it is awesome. It looks it's sick. on point. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I think it looks better than the comics, actually. It's like it jumped right off the page. It's, but it's with perfect. I, I think it looks great. And and that's physical. Like I can't wait to see what it looks like with CGI yeah. attached. Yeah. It's like yeah. the first time I've been like, yay! The let's last do time this. I was this excited about a superhero co- costume, it was Ryan Reynolds' Green Lantern costume. So I just kind of sick to my stomach. <laughs> no, it was definitely the Deadpool costume <laughs> for sure. <laughs> All right, and last but not least, we also have a uh, WB has a new uh, multiverse trailer for the game. 
Uh, we have Shaggy, who all of a sudden has powers and is fighting Batman. Is that right? And Superman. Yeah. And Superman. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I'm not a DC guy, but I would probably play that game. I'm, so I'm really excited about this because it is A, a Super Smash Brothers ripoff, and B, uses all WB properties, and C, is free. So many of them. And the game is free. That is not last but not least. So we got one more thing. Oh, okay. Jason Statham. <laughs> Is now supposedly in the MCU, pretty much confirmed, but have zero idea what role he's going to be. Uh, and we have so many rumors out there of what everybody wants to see him as. I'm just going to be honest with you. Henry Cavill should be Captain Britain. But there's people out there like, you know, are we going to get a, di- a different? No. Uh, I, I think he'd be a great Wolverine. He looks on point. That's all, I'm saying. all right, Blake, why? <laughs> why no Wolverine for Statham? He just got so mad. No, but, but there's, only, there's only one tall man who's worthy of playing Wolverine, and that's Hugh Jackman. Yes, he's okay? tall. Listen, from a girl that's get, give her. Henry Cavill Captain Britain. Makes sense. He's a beautiful man, tall. He's he's fine. Is Jason Statham tall? No. I thought he was kind of short. No, he's not. That's the thing. Well, Union Jack is the most popular character that everybody wants him to be. Yeah. Uh, and honestly, if you think of Jason Statham in the movies he plays, the characters he plays, that just has a just a good sound. I think name Wolverine's for him. a good choice. <laughs> Only for Henry Cavill, Honestly. though. Like, no, I want to see. I want to see a younger version of Wolverine, and I, I, I want to see the Taron Egerton. I want to see the Taron Egerton version of Wolverine. I actually want to see Draken or X twenty three instead of actually uh, Logan. Draken would be a good, fun story for them to bring in and actually have to deal with him. Yeah. He's cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Yeah, Dakin's a badass. He yeah. and Dakin. I don't know. why I said Draken. Sorry. It's okay. So that's Words what I'm hard. here for. I got yes. you. Thank you. You're welcome. But anyways, uh, that's this week on Rumor Mill. These rumors are milled. What's so the spaceship, the Milano. It's the Benatar. So the Milano got destroyed. In I thought the... they renamed it though. Yeah. The what? Milano. It didn't get destroyed. The Milano got destroyed. No, they redid it. Can I finish what I'm trying to say? I'm sorry. The Milano go got destroyed, <laughs> and then the Nova Corps gave them another ship just like it, and he named it the Benatar. No, no. They they literally said, I think, at the end that, that, hey, we rebuilt your ship. So it's the Milano. They might have renamed it, but in the MCU, not the comics, but the MCU, I'm All pretty sure they rebuilt it. So the original ship is named after Melissa Milano. Yes. And then the second ship is named the Benatar after Pat, Pat Benatar. Benatar. Right. Yeah. But yes. it's the same ship, just re- repaired. It's the same style ship. It's the same. It's like it's like having a Camaro and wrecking it and buying another Camaro. Like this it's a different ship, but okay. the same. Okay. I'm pretty sure. I think you're wrong, but all right. Oh, ben. ben, can you fact check that for us, please? Sir I, ben, please. I'd love to see that. Save us. Uh, so uh, I want to laugh in Blake's face when I'm yeah, right. I, I love laughter, so please do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it just turns me on. So uh, my first theory. Okay, the crazy fan theory. So we see Thor meet Jane twice no, in the trailer. No, we don't. Yes, we do. Say your theory. Okay, so whatever <laughs> Thor first sees Molnair and says, Molnair, and reaches for it, yes. and it goes to Jane. Boo. That's his first time seeing Jane. How do, you, how do you know that? What do you mean? How do you know that? It's literally her introduction in the movie. Like, what would be the how point d- of how it? How do you know that? What would be the point of that scene if it isn't to introduce Jane? The cake is it's to show that Jane has more power of a millionaire than Thor. And okay. it surprises Thor that Jane has more control and power than he does, which blows his mind. I feel like that's after he's met Jane. I'm calling it right now. That is after okay. he's met Jane. So Jane has Molnair. Right. 
as as the mighty Thor, she has Molnair. Yes, correct, hundred percent. You're right. So why would he be shocked to see Molnair if he already knows already, Jane has Molnair? Because he's already met her. He's shocked that he met her, and then she's like, "Oh, okay." Shit. Moving on. So both oh, times, why, 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 why can't we hold on? Oh, come on. Both. So we'll we'll get back to your thing. I want to do my thing. So both times. <laughs> In that trailer, he's seeing Jane for the first time as the Mighty Thor. The first time when he sees Molnair. Can I, can I finish? Can I finish? I am innocent in all of this. I just want this for the record. I have witnesses. To me, it looks I'm like innocent. Okay, I get it. I get from my perspective, right. it looks like he's seeing Jane for the sure. first time both times. So, my theory is that the golden blue Thor that we see is the one we are introduced to first. Mm -hmm. That we get the whole scene with him working his shit out, fighting with the Ravagers, sure. fighting with the Guardians of the Galaxy, mm -hmm. finding peace, putting aside Stormbreaker, going on this quest to become a better god, and figuring out what his role is. And I think he embraces the kind of the all-father Thor um, that we've seen in the comics that is the, the old Thor in the Gore the God Butcher storyline. Okay. And so I think that is what that Thor represents. And I think that at some point, because in the trailer, we see a rock looking through a portal with the moon. And uh, Thor is trapped inside a cage. Danny was right. Okay. Thank you. Yes, the Benatar. The Not about ship. all of this, but yes. the ship, yes. So anyway, in the trailer, you clearly see that Thor is trapped inside of a cage. So I think that at some point in the movie, Gore is going to capture the golden blue version of Thor. Okay. And I think that Jane and Valkyrie, or just Jane, because I think Valkyrie at this point is probably already dead, is going to travel in time and get a younger version of Thor that is still fighting, which represents the young Thor okay. in the the Gore the God Butcher storyline, because there's a young, like, pre-Molnair version of Thor that sure. was an axe. Which is technically I, the reason why Gore goes batshit. Yes. And so I think she's going to bring that version of Thor, who's still a warrior, forward to help save older Thor, which older, I mean, he's, he doesn't age. Yes, our Thor. Right. And that we're going to get that representing the three Thors from the Gore the God Butcher story. You're going to get sure. All-Father Thor, which is Golden Blue Thor, which is actually closer to the Rune King Thor from the comics. And then we're going to get a younger Thor, and then we're going to get the Jane Foster Thor representing the main MCU storyline Thor. Okay. So uh, as everything you just said, I love that. I would not be let down if that happened. Okay. Uh, and to your benefit, I hope you're right. Uh, so here's my theory, though, on that. Uh, what I think is going to happen. So I think when we see him with the helmet on, mm -hmm. that is when he first initially sees Jane. Okay. He's like, Jane? You know, so, like, I think that's his first initial shock. He sees her. All right. He's surprised. They're still battling. They're going at it. They're teaming up together. The helmet comes off at one point. Well, at one point, he he drops Stormbreaker or Storm something goes on with Stormbreaker, Stormbreaker where he's not in his hand. All right. So he sees Millionaire. He grabs it, and it starts coming toward him. So as he goes to grab it, Jane also needs it, but she's got more control and more power over it. And I think that shocks him. That she's got more control and power of Milner than what he does. And that's where I think that scene is. Uh, also, there's a point in a scene in that trailer where it shows him and a female, and I think it's either you know Milner or, or not Milner, I'm sorry, uh, Valkyrie or either Jane as Mighty Thor. But I think there's another, another CGI person cut out, and I think it might be 
Beta Ray Bill. God, it's. I hope it's Beta Ray Bill. Because that's going to be the third Thor, I think, that we're going to get to, to defeat Gore. I hope it is. And so, like, that's my theory on the whole millionaire situation, the three Thors, and, and all that. But I'm not sure that that's the... For me, sure. I think that what we're actually seeing is that we get an older and younger sure. Hemsworth Thor. It's very possible. Brittany? Hi. Hey. Hi. It looks like you're desperately holding something in. No. I'm just sitting here. Hi. <laughs> cool. <laughs> no, I have my theories with it. I agree more with Blake than I do you. I think two like two Thors are going to be enough with the Mighty Thor and the current Thor. I think based off of the costume changes that you do see, like whenever he starts looking to see about the gods that are dying and you go into, I don't remember what the name of that one god is that's dead, and you kind of see him and Korg staring off The at rat it. god. Um, that's the same outfit you see whenever he first sees Mighty Thor. Mm-hmm. My personal opinion is, is that if there are going to be two different reactions, one is to the fact that there is somebody that's actually wielding Mjolnir, Mew Mew. Um, that's my name for it. Mew Mew. So <laughs> I'm a child. Anyway, so that's going to be the first reaction of what the F is going on with this whenever Mjolnir is actually originally going to go to him and Jane pulls it back. And then he goes on a like quest to kind of figure out what is going on. While, why are all these gods dying? Um, which is very similar to what it goes down in the actual comics when you have current time Thor that's trying to figure out why these gods are not answering the prayers of all these different planets. And that's when you start seeing that people are dead or gods are dead. I think later on, whenever he gets that upgrade for the armor is whenever he actually realizes that it is Jane Foster that's actually going through everything. And that's why he's like, oh, shit. Um, and that's where you're going to have that upgrade in his armor because Jane's armor doesn't really change throughout the entire trailer for it, which could be CGI. Cake is a lie. When I look at any MCU after Andrew Garfield and all of that, I believe nothing of any of the information that's being presented. Um, I just have fun anyway. So I, that's what I believe. And I believe actually, so this is something that I just kind of thought of as far as mm -hmm. going to where Zeus is and you see all these different gods. I think that's, that's where the library is and that's where he's actually trying to get to to kind of figure out what is going on with everything um, to figure out how to defeat Gore. But I think that you're just going to have those two Thors that are in it and that's when you might see the Guardian step up. That's when you're going to see Valkyrie like upgrade her stuff from Zeus and having the Thunderbolt. I really hope it's what you said as far as like Zeus being out real quick and then valkyrie yeah. just stepping in and being like you were a douche canoe um and then taking the thunderbolt and then lady sif coming in and kind of helping with everything i don't think we're so, gonna get variants and the multiverse thing wrapped up in doors i mean it's part and parcel with that story though it right. is i will give you the that thing it's is the three i i also secondarily think that your what you're saying might be the the other high possibility is that when he first meets jane and he can't get molnair he doesn't recognize that it's Jane. Mm -mm. Uh, and because the difference is when she takes Molnair, she's wearing her helmet. And when he's doing that scene where he's surprised that it's her, she has her helmet off. So I think he meets this other Thor okay. who is wielding his powers and doesn't know who it is and then sees her again and she doesn't have the helmet on. In the, That's makes alternatively make what I think could be. In the first teaser trailer that we had whenever we saw Thor like stick um, Storm Transfer down in the like, did you just say storm was, transfer? I couldn't think of the storm name. Breaker? Words are hard. Yes. <laughs> but you see him like stick that in there and walk kind of away. I don't remember what the armor looked like. I'd have to rewatch the teaser. This is just something that came to me. But I wonder if that is 
after he sees Mighty Thor, he was like, you don't need me anymore. This is what he's going to do. And he goes on that. And then he goes on the journey. He starts seeing everything that's going on. And that's when he comes back and be like, all right, I got to update hmm. my okay. way. I'm here. Two things. The only weird thing is, is that it looks like it's the exact same fight. It does seem like the, the first time scene, and the second scene. time. And secondly, one more piece that I think backs up my initial theory. When Korg is telling the story to the people in the cave at the beginning of the trailer. Right. Those are the exact same people that Thor shows up to save in the Ravager Thor costume. So why is Korg sitting with these people that they're literally currently fighting to save and telling them the story about Thor if Thor has already been there to save them and he's with the Guardians at that point? Hmm. The cake is a lie. I'm just saying. So also, what about the Gore the God Butcher reveal we finally get? Fuck yeah. Uh, obviously, I mean, it's not comic accurate, but I think Christian Bale close. looks sick as fuck. No. Like, it, it looks good. Yeah. I mean, it's scary. And you get two versions of Gore, which, you know, one may be as during the storytelling of how Gore became how he was, but then also, you know, as he's fighting. But you get a you get two different film uh, versions of him on here to where he has zero scars on his head. He's just got his markings of, of what he is. Uh, and then you have another part where he throws the hood off, and you actually see scars and stuff off. That's another great argument for time travel as well. Yeah. <laughs> Just saying. Or, or, or it, one part could be where they're telling you the story when he came across two gods got the sword, or however they want to alter, you know, change the story. And then later on could be why he's you in the me with the hand. middle of the war, you know, after he's going to kill so many gods, it's just battle scars from fighting these gods. Right. Technically, I am not disproving your time traveling because I do think it's not the moon that we see them on. It is whatever that planet is i can't remember what it is where the time gods are at and he uses them to do the pools of future and he mm-hmm. uses their blood to actually transport to different time periods there could very well be time transfer in that sense and that's why you do see the different scars i just don't think we're going to get multiple thors other than the one that we have sorry we'll see um but what i will say is if you're making a, a big-budget MCU movie and you need to get a great on-screen representation of a villain, sure. and your options are to go comic accurate with Gore the God Butcher or just bring Patrick Bateman from American Psycho <laughs> as your villain, I mean, you could do both. It's, it's, no, I think either one works, and I think uh, they chose the right I think they just have a yeah. vision of Uncle Fester just going psycho. <laughs> it's, it's, it was unavoidable. Uh, I, I mean, a bald, white-faced dude. It's... So what do you all think about no symbiosis on the sword? Uh, do you think that CGI cut out because they don't want to show you everything? Or do you think they're actually going to change the uh, storyline from the comics and go another route? Do you think Sony has rights to symbiotes to where they, they can't use them? Or, I mean, what, what's y'all's thoughts on that? You can go first if you'd like. <laughs> I think you actually do get a tease of it. I think whenever you see like all the like tentacle stuff that's rolling past him, mm-hmm. either that is the pool of the uh, future. I think that's what it is. I'm sorry. Words are hard. And he's going back in time and he's talking when he's going back in the past. Or that's when you're going to see like Noel and all of that. And that's, I think that's his name. The king of the... the yeah, Noel. Noel. No. Okay. God of the symbiotes. And like that's where you're going to actually start seeing that. But you also have to remember that with MCU, they like to keep things realist based. So, I just, sorry, I'm, I just, I'm, I'm trying to see what Blake's hitting that's causing that. I, j- 
I just don't see where like no. I mean, we have symbiotes in the MCU and Sonyverse, which is kind of mm-hmm. combined because we see the little, you know, splat that stays in the MCU when Tom Hardy goes back. And I just yes. don't see no black goo or ooze or any kind of alien form of that representation. And I just, I just think they may be changing the storyline or or cutting it out and not showing I'm, us until we watch the movie. I'm willing to bet that they will show him getting the all black the necro sword from a god on his planet as he does in the comics and they'll just never address that not until later and then leave it open and just just never say what it is and sorry you're fine the because all black the necro sword creates a cowl for gore and he uses it as a form of symbiosis that gives him his powers and it makes him it heals him the same way that the venom symbiote works for eddie brock but the sword could also imbue him with the same powers and never be explained. And he, we already see that he's not getting a symbiote-based cowl. Right. So, I mean, they could just leave it open. So what do you think about the the very end where we see Jane actually, you know, raising Milner up? And she's getting, you know, the thunder and the lightning power. And then we see the actual statues in the back. We have the Living Tribunal, <laughs> which is one. We have yes. the Watcher, which is one. The Watcher. Uh, we have uh, a, quite a few more I can't even think of right now of like major beings that we have never even seen in the MCU except for Living Tribunal. We've had three or four nods in about three different things in the MCU. Yeah. And we Actually, saw Watu in tri- right. uh, the Living Tribunal has had more mentions or more nods than Kang has. I mean, it's, it's really insane. I mean, we we see it in Loki. You know, when they're out there and you see the the uh, what's the area where. Uh, Oh, where all the Lokis are. That that we see oh, them. At I there. don't remember. Yeah, uh, we see that in Doctor Strange ben. two. Uh, in Doctor Strange one, we talk about Mordo having the Living Tribunal's uh, staff. Uh, so like they are mentioned throughout the MCU for quite a few years now. Uh, we have quite a few high powered beings that we're showing in that scene right so there. So it's interesting that we get what appears to me to be Lady Death. Yes, the, that's the one living too. Yes. embodiment of death in the MCU. Uh, because to this point, there's been no even even with Thanos when right. they had a chance to introduce death, yep. they didn't. I was kind of mad about all of that. Whenever yeah. I saw that in there, I was like, "Why didn't like that?" And hell, Deadpool's not, Deadpool's not even mentioned it in Fox. Yeah, and, and unless they save it for introducing Deadpool to the MCU, so he can fall in love with death, um, like he did in the comics. Right. Uh, and then also there was a who was the fourth one? The so there's like death. And then another statue, and then the one to the back. What was that one? Uh, I thought that was the Watcher. Like, like, no. no. Watcher is on the right-hand side. And then you have the, the tribunal. The, the Yeah, with the tribunal. On the left-hand side, there's Lady Death. There's one in the middle. You can't really see what it is. Um, I'm kind of curious as to whether it's going to be Hercules because it's kind of got the, like, Hercules shape. Um, I wonder if it would Eon. be. Eon. Yes. Eon is the other one. Yeah. Yep. But, Never mind. Anyway. Blake, did you have any more crazy theory stuff you want to talk about on that? No, no. Uh, after Thor, Love, and Thunder, I think they kind of wrapped everything up. Yeah, so... But speaking of Lady Death... Yeah, so speaking of Lady Death, um, I think we get that scene in the trailer where Gore is talking to Valkyrie shortly after stabbing her. Um, and I think that seeing that in the trailer and, and kind of expecting it, I think even with that, it's still going to be a really impactful death for the movie. Mm-hmm. And we're speaking of our top five impactful deaths from uh, pop culture on our top five tonight. So I know I think that's Mighty Thor and not Valkyrie. 
<laughs> Heather, cue the top five. Top five. All right. Like I said, on this top five, we are talking about our top five impactful character deaths. Uh, Blake, do you want to give us the honor of kicking it off? I do. Uh, we get Hunger Games uh, character Rue. Uh, little. Oh, girl. I thought you were making a reference to uh, that the the HBO show. Uh, uh, I got nothing. Really? Uh, I need more than just. What am I thinking of? The HBO Rue? show. Uh, no freaking euphoria yes oh oh no i haven't watched that no i'm talking about rue off of a uh, hunger games you know <laughs> she helped jennifer lawrence she's up in the tree she's real quiet real timid uh you really kind of felt for her because you're like man this this little child is having you know face her life or death situation uh then she helps jennifer lawrence uh and i think it's hunger games uh number three and boom right there she gets killed it's it's pretty sad uh i don't know maybe i'm gonna mess with made me get a lump in my throat Yay, it's not me this time. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Rue of Hunger Games. Yeah. So, full full disclosure, I've only seen the first Hunger Games, Hunger Games movie, and I've not watched or read any of the books, so I don't Okay. I don't have a frame of reference huh. for this. I haven't read the books, but I know what you're talking about, and it was yeah. pretty like, that sucks. Yeah, I didn't it, like that it, at all. It's a pretty shitty death. I mean, like, it sucks. You like That's the last person you want to see dead on that whole entire movie. Doesn't her little sister die? No. Yeah. no. Or something? Who? Yeah. yeah. No. This tells you how long it's been my, since I've watched my those quick movies. read through on Wikipedia to figure out what the hell this thing was. Oh, about. Talk, yeah. On the fourth <laughs> one, she dies. Yeah. yeah. Brittany, you're number five. Um, spoilers. Yay. Okay. So my number five is actually from an anime, Doctor Stone. I okay. love that anime so very freaking much. It is based in just the absurdity of anime, but also has actual scientific facts. Along with it, that's like educational. In the it's science. recently gotten a musical. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Now I need to go and find that. That's like on top of my list with the uh, Shrek boudoir shoot. Yeah. One. I learned that on Otaku Cast last week, our other show that airs on Thursdays from five thirty to seven. The more no. Okay. Anyway, so his dad is up in space, comes down, kind of sets things up for the main character. Doctor Stone's dad does. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Dr. Stone is just because he's frozen in stone for a hot minute. But anyway, his dad comes down and like sets things up for him because he knew and had a faith in him that he was going to survive this and thought like somehow break out of everything that's going on. And you just see him kind of going through his life, setting up all of this for his son for in the future, like 30,000 years in the future, he would have all of this set up in place for him. And it's really freaking depressing. So is it kind of like the dog from Futurama? No. Oh, kind of. Can you push your mic cord up? I just keep hearing these weird pops. I feel like you're the only one hearing the pops. It's just me. Maybe, maybe I got something. Liz, you're hearing it. Cool. Yeah, I don't hear zero. Zero pops. Heather, you want to give us the chat? Nick Bakes number five is Hal Jordan. Yeah, uh, I'm assuming that's from the Emerald Twilight series when Hal killed off the rest of the Justice or uh, the Green Lantern Corps, and then. uh, died later as uh, Parallax and then came back as the living embodiment of God's wrath, uh, the Spectre. Um, 
Finn's number five is Nina Tucker from. Four. No, I hate it's you all so much bad. Right it's so not, bad. Why is that only number five? No. Also, no, no do not Taylor's. talk Taylor Burton's. Fuck you, Taylor Burton. But you do not speak of Taylor Burton's. <laughs> For those of us who can see chat, Taylor Burton's number five. He's hoping that it is Blake's number one. Um, We'll get back around to that. Uh, my number five is Darth Maul from uh, uh, Phantom Menace. Now, I know that if you've seen Clone Wars, you know that Darth Maul didn't actually die in this scene. But when he was killed, I didn't know that. Now, being a Sith myself, I was very heartbroken at seeing the coolest Star Wars character ever created cut in half by a Padawan learner in, like, the dumbest way possible. Like, it's... Uh, it's whatever. Uh, Blake, <laughs> you're number four. So, my number four, I want to get zero judgment off this. Actually, if you want to judge me, go ahead. I'll probably judge so, you. So, yeah, I know you will. But uh, Harry Stamper. If you don't know who Harry Stamper is, this is played by Bruce Willis, who's in Armageddon. So, I was a kid when this came out. And you see <laughs> the beautiful Liv Tyler as his daughter. And him and Ben Affleck, you know, having the, the relation that they do kind of back and forth, uh, love-hate type thing. Don't want to close my eyes. And then at the very end, as Ben Affleck has drew the you know the shortest straw, he's the one supposed to stay on that asteroid and blow it up to save Earth. Bruce Willis shows him back in that elevator and says, you take care of my daughter. And he sacrifices himself <laughs> he's so his daughter can stay right with now. the love of his life. <laughs> Yes, the feel-good movie of 2000-something. What year did that come out? <laughs> I don't know. The feel-good movie of 1998, uh, Armageddon. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I mean, I think everybody who's seen that was kind of – it hit a little hard for sure. Yeah. Um, and that was uh, Michael Bay, right? I think it was. I think that's probably the only time anybody's ever felt anything for a character a Michael in a Bay Michael Bay movie. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> What? Who? What did you feel? Yeah. Who were you upset about? Okay. Oh, my God. <laughs> Brittany, you're number four. Um, so I was kind of torn on this one, but I'm going to talk about my other number four, Dear Mike Vader. What did I do? I think your mic isn't working. <laughs> Hold on. I'm coming. What? I didn't, I didn't touch it. I other than what you told me to touch. You're just, like, echoing through the mic. Yeah. I think it was. I didn't touch it. There you go. I can hear you. Is it better? <laughs> yep. Okay. Okay, so my original okay. before I'm going to talk about later, but oh, what did I falling. do? <laughs> what did... He broke the back of his chair. Again. No. <laughs> um, it's Coral Sensei from Assassination Classroom. Like, you build up this entire thing, and you just, like, love this teacher and everything he does, which is technically teaching children how to assassinate people. Um, and whenever he finally gets, like, spoilers, um, it's really freaking depressing, and I didn't like it at all, and I'm still mad at that. Mm. I haven't seen it, um, but I, I play in tube, so. It's really good. Yeah, I'll check it out. Heather, what do we got in chat? Taylor's number four is John Wick's puppy. From the first movie. <laughs> oh, Taylor. That was a sad one. Yeah. Why do you have to bring me. animals into this? You and Ben both. I don't like us. <laughs> and dogs on both. So when we were at Fan Expo St. Louis, we met uh, a comic book publishing company that puts out a comic called Good Boy. Which is the story of John Wick, but in this version, John Wick dies and the dog goes out for revenge, and it looks so fun. Uh, Nick Beck's number four. That's a setup, too. Yeah. That big old tower. 
Nick Beck's number four is Superman. Yeah, uh, that's on my list. So Nick, I'm uh, uh, I apologize, but I'll deep dive into that on my turn. And Ben's number four is Ellie from Up. <sighs> yeah, that's Not Ben. Okay with any of this ben today. definitely has an impactful list today. It's that's the beginning of Up is so hard for sure. What's the final explosion? Vegeta. 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 Final explosion. Uh, he sacrifices himself uh, in order to save his son. Huh. Uh, are you talking about Majin Vegeta? Yeah. Uh, yeah. He sacrifices his own life. Danny, how about your number four? <laughs> My number four is Damian Wayne. Now, while it was short-lived, uh, Talia al Ghul, Damian's mother, cloned him, raised the clone to be another version of Batman, and then uh, this was during the Batman Inc. storyline, I believe, and at one point, he has to face off against a much bigger, much stronger clone of himself, and that clone drives a sword straight through his spine and kills him. And uh, it's short-lived, but that, like, on page, it was like... Damian Wayne's really cool, and I'm really glad they introduced this character. So, holy shit, what just happened? And, uh, it, it, you know, they uh, they throw him in a Lazarus pit because he's an Al Ghul. And, uh, and uh, they put uh, a – I can't – I don't – it's titanium. They give him a new titanium spine uh, and then bring him back to life. But it's just like mm. – that's awful. Jeez. And uh, Ben, I apologize, but I don't remember the clone's name. So if I'm not mistaken, that's two people on Danny's list who've not truly died. They've came back. Like, he blood. died. Like his heart stopped. Like he was legit dead. <laughs> I'm not getting in the middle of any of this. Back by magic. <laughs> you get in trouble enough as it is. Blake, you're number three. My number three. Got the pleasure of meeting the man Nick. himself two weekends ago, Michael Rooker's Yondu. I'm Mary uh, Poppins, y'all. Yeah. Almost said it. He might have been your father, but he wasn't your daddy. You know, uh, Yondu <laughs> sacrifices himself. Blake said daddy. And I, <laughs> it wasn't me. That's why I was laughing, okay? Uh, it wasn't me. Man, I don't know. I, I just love, I, I don't know the you know the comic uh, character very well, but the, the he's, cinematic he's version of Yondu, uh, I just love it. I do. I mean it. Yeah, it's Rooker's great. a great addition. He did, did a really great. good job with his character in that. Like, you Seriously. wanted him to be just top tier. Right. You know, this is off topic, but you know what I was blown away by? Michael Rooker plays the villain in Mallrats. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. all of the Kevin Smith people are touring with Fan Expo, and you haven't heard a single thing about a Mallrats reunion for that. It's true. Like I didn't hear it mentioned the whole time we were there. I haven't seen a thing on on, yeah. on any internet, social media, anything about it. <laughs> I didn't think about that. Brittany, your number three. Um, my number three is Maze Use, which is also from Full Metal Alchemist. I, I wanted to put that on my list. He, and... I, I don't like it. Yes. He is like he hits your soul. He hits your heart. He's funny. He's awesome. He's a dad. And then he just goes, and I yeah. don't like it at all. I think the most devastating thing about Maze dying is how cute his daughter is. Yes. <laughs> like, oh, my God, this poor kid. All of it. <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> All of it. I am not okay with it at all. Heather, chat. Nick Beck's number three is <clears throat> He-Man. Uh, in He-Man Revelations, yes. Uh, that it's that also deal, Kevin right? Smith. Yeah. And that that was uh, really good. Yeah, caught it. me off guard. I mean, he he came back. He came back, Blake. Uh, but yes, way his, to go, uh, Nick. You let us down. Killing He-Man off at the end of the first season was like, what? The, what the fuck just happened? 
<laughs> no, it was the first episode, right? They yeah, like off he the was first just episode. gone, and you're like, yeah. oh, shit. <laughs> How is this He-Man at this, this point? The series is called He-Man. What happened Spoilers. Taylor's <laughs> <laughs> number three is Cade 6 from Destiny. Yes, and... It's an emotional scene, but also it's Nathan Fillion, man. Yeah. Anytime Nathan Fillion dies, that's... Which we will be seeing in Chicago. Yes. In we'll July. Be, uh, hopefully he'll hold me in his big man arms and <laughs> tell me he loves me. All my dreams will have come true. Ben's number three is Ben Sullivan from Scrubs. Yeah. So that is um, Brendan Fraser. Uh, I don't know if you remember this episode of Scrubs, but he's Dr. Cox's best friend. And they pal around through the whole episode, and then at the end of the episode, you find out that he, the character, had actually died near the beginning of the episode, and Jeez. Dr. Cox has been hallucinating all of this. Wow. Yeah, it's devastating. That's some Grey's Anatomy shit. It's, yeah, it's really bad. Actually, like, it's good. It's funny, but Anatomy, it's... But, yeah. Yeah. Poor Brendan Fraser. I love him. And then he lived in real life and went through hell. So, <laughs> poor guy. Uh, my number three is Ultimate Spider-Man. When... When Marvel decided to kill Spider-Man off in the Ultimate Universe, they were not playing around. He fought the Punisher, got shot through the stomach, then fought Captain America, then had to fight the Green Goblin. Jesus. <laughs> and bleeding out the whole time. He's real dead. And then picks up a box truck and beats Green Goblin to death with it, and then falls over dead himself after all of that. Wow. And it's like... You expect him, like, he's literally lifting a box truck. Like, he's going to be fine. This guy's super strong. And then he just falls over and, like, says his last words. And it's like, what's did his, they just kill Spider-Man off? What's his last words? I don't remember. That's okay. that's Bang. on me. <laughs> that's wild. <laughs> but, yeah. And it it wasn't expected, but they did it because they wanted to introduce Miles in the comics. Really? And huh. so they killed... Peter off in the Ultimate Comics, but it just like came out of nowhere, and it was like, "Jeez, I'm like reading these comics, like, oh, it's another fun Spider-Man adventure." And I'm like, "What was that?" It's the last Spider-Man adventure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but they rallied. It's it was good, and uh, you know, you get that same right. a very similar death and in Into the Spider Verse. But uh, yeah, Ben, yeah, Spider-Man dying and in Into the Spider Verse. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it, it hits you hard every time. Uh, Blake, your number two. My number two, uh, Hugh Jackman, Logan, and the old man Logan. Uh, I cried. Cinematic. I did. I did too. I mean, I like that is the last life. person you want to see die. Uh, I mean, you have Professor X just die. Yes. Then you just see the the pain, the hurt, and everything. And he still wants to, you know, save, help these kids. Uh, then he injects himself, and just he goes full force. Probably he hasn't been that full force in twenty years. And then it just pretty much makes him like crap out. Yeah. And then you know he's the animaniums poison him so badly that finally he just gets to branch through the torso, and Deadpool has a memorabilia of it sp <laughs> spiraling around on a circle, making jokes about it. That movie got me twice. I literally i've i've only i've only cried watching a movie a couple of times. Mm -hmm. One was Toy Story four. No, Toy Story three. three. One was Toy Story three. <laughs> Um, I know exactly what you're talking about. I'm sorry. <laughs> yes. One was Toy Story three, and then Logan when when Patrick Stewart died. <sighs> Which one's worse, that when or in Doctor around, Strange? It's it's definitely Logan. Yeah, definitely in, Logan. In Doctor Strange, I, I was know. like, oh, that was cool. Uh, was not okay. In what Logan, crying Doctor Strange. So There's I want to get I want to take inside. this to the real world for just a second, yeah. and I'll I'll come right back out of it. Sure. But uh, when. Logan released shortly after my own father passed. 
And he, my dad died of cancer and he like dwindled down to like nothing before he passed. And so watching the old Professor X die on screen was like reliving that all over again. And it just killed me. Like I could not handle it. So that one got me real bad. You're making uh, me feel things. In I'm sorry. Back <laughs> back to the fun stuff. <laughs> Let's talk about comics. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You follow up with us. Have fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Brittany, you're number two. <laughs> I'm not in order. Uh, Go ahead, Blake. He went. It was it was Logan. Oh yeah, never yeah. mind. Son of a monkey. Uh, my number two is actually tied for my number one because I really couldn't pick between the two. Uh, but Mufasa from Lion King, like that, hit you as a kid. Like all of the other Disney dads, they were all dead, and you knew they were dead, but you didn't see them die. And then Mufasa, like you see all of that. You see Simba have to deal with it. You see Scar being an ass. All of it, like. <laughs> I am still not okay. I don't mean at to laugh. Thirty-two. Yes, you do. Like Scar and Jafar are my two favorite Disney villains. I love Scar. Who doesn't okay. love Jeremy Irons? Yeah. Like I love him by itself, but when you add that with like Run Simba, Run, I am not okay. Yeah. Um. So you said it hit you when you were a kid. Mm-hmm. I was an adult when Lion King came out, so it didn't hit me quite the same. Wait, what? I was a baby. Were you? Yeah. I don't remember. Was that like 96? Yeah. 96, 97? Was it? Yeah. Ben, what year did Lion King come out? I was definitely how, how old were you not a kid. In 97? He's older. I was 15. Jesus. Uh, sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't 93. Well, never mind. In 93, oh, I, was I was three I was, years old. I was 11. I was three. I remember it not bothering yeah. me that much. I was so. four. I guess I was. A, I was. I guess I was a hard ass 11 year old. Uh, Taylor says 94. I was 12. Uh, that's the year Katrina was, was born. Actually, uh, Heather, what do we have in chat? Taylor's number two is Sam, the dog from I Am Legend. Yeah, that's awful. Yeah. Dogs dying is awful. All the time. I don't know how to say Ben's number two. Jiraiya from, uh, so Jiraiya fights pain in Naruto and he sacrifices himself and it, he starts out doing all right and then he ends not doing so good. They always start uh, out all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's another one where like I didn't read the the manga for Naruto and I didn't realize that Jiraiya was going to die in that episode and it it was awful. It's not okay. Nick's number two is the horse in the never ending story. Yeah. Uh, Y'all are mean. What is the horse's name? Uh, I don't remember, but I don't like this. I'll think of it. I'll think of it. Can we not do another Yes, that one's awful. Um, Jesse said Old Yeller in second grade. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that I've ever actually seen Old Yeller, but I will tell you that where the red ferns grow gets me every time. I don't think I've seen that. All right. Uh, My number two. Betray you? Atrex? No, Atreyu is the kid. Yeah. No. Artex? Yes, Artex is the horse. Yep. Uh, so my number two is Superman in 19... I believe it was 94. I'm not 100% on that. In, in the 90s, uh, they killed off Superman. And it was probably... It, it started this trend of killing off major comic book characters whenever their sales were in the dumps. Um, it extended to... I'm going to sneeze and it will not go away. Um, it extended further on to, there it goes. It's the light every time for me. And I'm back. Um, but that's how we feel about Superman. (laughs) (laughs) 
but the death of Superman hit me really hard because at the time I was very young. Like, I mean, I wasn't that young, but I was young enough that it was like, this sucks. Like, Superman's a really, 1992, okay. I was 10 years old when Superman died. Uh, and it hit me really hard because, like, Superman was a big hero for me at the time. You know, I was really um, was into, what? I said, was he? Yeah, oh. he was. So this was around the the best time for Superman. Whenever Jurgens and Breeding were still writing and drawing him, and the stories were really good, and there was no sales issues with Superman at this point, and they decided to kill him off as a way to branch his storyline out. And then after his death, they introduced these four other Supermen, which we're still seeing the ramifications of that. The Eradicator Superman is still around. The Cyborg Superman is still around. Steel, um, famously played by Shaquille O'Neal in what is probably the best superhero movie ever made. And then Superboy, the um, the Connor Kent version of Superboy that we've seen in Young Justice and uh, Titans, and he was on Smallville for a little while. We're all introduced at this point. But at that time, <laughs> Superman just didn't die, you know? Like, that just wasn't a thing that happened. Right. It, like, how? How do you kill someone who has no weaknesses, other than kryptonite, obviously? Ask Bruce Wayne. Yeah. <laughs> how do you make a god bleed? Um, but, yeah, and it, it, I just remember it being, like, it, it was such a strange world that we lived in where Superman had died. Right. You know? And it's happened a couple of times now, so it's not that big of a deal. America but... in 1992 was a strange time. Yeah. It was I, too. I don't remember anything. I, it was the end of my first decade of life, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so, Blake, you're number one! Can him and I tag team this one? Is that you? Uh, so, uh, my number one, uh, I am so sorry. I don't like this. So, because I don't want to repeat the same thing she's going to say, I'm going to do a different version of what she's going to say. Tony Stank? Does anybody know a Tony Stank? Uh, okay, so yeah, let's tag team yeah. this. So, you're number one? Yeah. Yeah, which, technically, looking back on it, it should have been Stanley. But... <laughs> Honestly, I mean, like, like, we were talking earlier, like... There has not been a, cinema- nope. a cinematic death that I don't care how many times I watch it. I can't no matter it. how much I prep and you know and talk myself up that you're not going to you know have a tear this time. It brings a tear every I love time. Three thousand every yeah. And, and his time. death is so impactful. Like I I, I started like- getting a lump in my throat at the beginning of the movie when the man's still very alive <laughs> and, and his daughter says those words. I love you three thousand. That's when the emotions start, all the way to the end. I mean, that is such an impactful death. I, to me, that is the greatest cinematic death that should impact everybody's life. And if it doesn't, you don't have a fucking heart. Like, I mean, it, <laughs> I'm it, not it's that, that brutal. It's, it's that I am. Yeah, Brittany, do you want to speak to your experience yeah, with? <laughs> it makes me feel things, and I don't like it. That's like the biggest thing. I have a, don't like having emotions. You might want to get a therapist. <laughs> I probably should. But <laughs> with that one, I. Every time I can't handle just hearing the phrase, I love you 3000 without it being like a sucker punch in the gut on so many different levels for his daughter, especially when Happy starts talking about getting her cheeseburgers cheeseburgers. or when like Pepper and her just having to sit there and listen to all of this. And then you have Peter Parker and he's dealing with all of it because that's a father figure for him. I don't like it. It makes me feel things, and it makes me uncomfortable. Well, the part that just, like, you have the lump in your throat, 
the tears are kind of coming up, but they ain't dropped yet. For me, is the part where Pepper actually lays her hand on him and says, okay. you can rest yes. now. Because you have the you know the call back yeah. to the beginning of the movie when she's like, you know, if you threw that away, <laughs> would you would you be able to actually rest if you threw it away, not knowing that you could go back and help everybody? And then when she says you can rest now, gets like me when every she time. Stops Peter, like yeah. no, let yeah. him go. I don't. Like so Heather, this. how about the chat? Taylor's number one is the Iron Giant. Ooh, oh. Taylor, you're so mean. So, you're talking good. about deaths of Superman, that's I don't. Like this oh, actually, spot. the Iron Giant is going to be featured in that new uh, multiverse. Yes, because the he multiverse goes off game, yeah. and he beats Superman, and he yeah. flies off, does the same thing. I don't like it. Okay, <laughs> what else we got? Ben's number one is Oberyn Martell. Yeah, Oberyn Martell. He's uh, Game of Thrones. He's the Viper, played by uh, the Mandalorian himself. Uh, oh, Budgeduck. Uh, yeah. Fudge a duck, yes, that's the. the You make fun of me so much. Um, Yeah, he gets beat by the really giant. So he fights the mountain, and uh, he 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 gets he gets knocked down, and the mountain just crushes, like sticks his thumbs through his eyes, and then crushes his skull. It's it's all bad. Um, Nick's number one is Stanley. Yeah, and as we like. Stan the Man, uh, a legend in the comic book industry and the entertainment industry, and literally the reason we have the MCU. And I don't like this type. Make love, yeah. not war. Yeah, that's his last last line. But that's Stan left a legacy, or... and that dude lived forever. Yeah. He was like ninety six, ninety seven when he passed. It's a long time. He's too young. Yeah, but and and his wife had already passed. Like he was following I Joni. I mean, it's God, okay. Jessica's right. This is the most depressing. Top <laughs> it's okay. Five. We're gonna rally. That's all right. <laughs> Seth's number one is Rob Stark and the Red Wedding. Yeah, oh. uh, the Lannisters send their regards for sure. That was one that made me almost like. And not Jesse's well. Jesse's uh, is uh, Owen Hart. Canadian Dear wrestler. God, huh? The Canadian wrestler. Yeah, who was. Going to be harnessed to descend into the ring. Uh, was it WrestleMania? It was a it was a pay per view event. People had paid money to watch this, and he didn't wait for them to have his harness hooked before he jumped. Oh, and, yeah, he landed head first. Now. He landed head first on the turnbuckle, and they had to like do open heart palpitations in the center of the ring trying to save his life, oh and he ultimately God. passed. Yeah, that was like one of the most violent wrestling deaths too. Like. Yeah, no shit. There's been a couple it's, of yeah, bad it's up ones. there with like, Chris. Did he purposely <laughs> not wait for them to hook him up? No, no he oh, thought that okay. they did. He he, was there was jumping. a miscommunication. Ooh, yeah. Jesus. My number one is Itachi Uchiha, uh, Sasuke Uchiha's brother from oh, Naruto. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah, uh, he's <laughs> the greatest warrior to ever be born in the land of fire to come from the Leaf Village, and uh, he was secretly on a mission to save. Uh, the Leaf Village, but was deemed a villain because of the secret mission. And uh, in the end, his brother, who was hunting him the entire series in, in an effort to get revenge for the murder of his family, finds out that Itachi was really doing it all out of love for his little brother. And uh, it's it's just one of those. It's like hmm. you find these really redeeming things out about Itachi right before he dies. He says, this is uh, Naruto? Yeah, it's from Naruto. So, so, so I will find that out here soon. Then. Yes, yes, as you watch. It nice. will be in Shippuden. Okay. It's a reason why it's one of the, like, top four, yeah. like, big big four? 
Yeah. Yeah, because that one Actually, one piece. when we were all arguing in the chat the other day and Ben sent that picture, like Danny started out like this and he oh, ended yeah. like this, that's Itachi. That oh, okay. That's Itachi <laughs> telling Sasuke he loves him. Yeah, I knew that. And and that's that's me and Ben's relationship. So, anyway, this has been our <laughs> super depressing top five, but I hope you had oh, a good time with it. Top five. Jesse, I don't want to put you on the spot, but what's our top five for next week? <laughs> Nothing depressing. I can't do this. You know what? Uh, what about top five feel-good moments? Happy, happy moments. Yeah, top feel five feel-good yeah. moments. Yeah. yeah. Just things that, in, in you know lighthearted yeah. you know you, you you walk out of a theater feeling like you could right. you could take on the world because it's just left you on such a high like the day you know, me that and you kinda... became partners yes that's yes. gonna be my number one yes like the day that blake gave me his black cherry uh... <laughs> <laughs> right, so uh next week we are going to be live in our new studio yes so guys i hope you're not too overly attached to the green green screen backgrounds <laughs> because they're going away whole new um, setup. yeah we're gonna have a whole new show starting next week whole new setup we will be in our fresh uh new just built studio yep. and we could and, not and be more excited entries and everything yes uh, on the show yep absolutely so uh you know look forward to that uh and we have a little bit of time in the studio um and I, I think it's really important that we ask these questions Brittany, are you done yes you, yes <laughs> you're playing the game all wrong <laughs> that is not how this goes if it, you set it up i couldn't help it you queued it up it was like t-ball <laughs> Uh, so, Blake, what are we doing here? This is why I'm, being I'm fired. wondering myself. But uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, this week on Are You Done, we have Valkyrie versus Hot Girl. Uh, Brittany's got Valkyrie, Danny's got Hot Girl. This is the part of the show and uh, the segment where they argue back and forth who's got the best character, who's going to whoop each other's ass the most. Mm. Uh, they both get one minute to talk about their character and, and what they can do and what they're made of. Uh, then they get a two minute head to head arguing, cutting each other off. Uh, just going back and forth. And then they both get 30-second rebuttals at the end without interruption. And then as we are going through this uh, Are You Done segment, we want the viewers, you, to vote and see who you think is actually getting the lead way on the best character. So for Valkyrie, which is Brittany, we want to do the laughing emoji. Uh, and then Danny, which is doing uh, Hawkeye, we want to do the wow emoji. Hot girl. Hot girl, I'm sorry. Uh, and then uh, after this segment's done, if you're watching this not live, and uh, we are actually going to go ahead and still take a week of reactions afterwards. Mm -hmm. And then on the show next week, uh, we will announce who the winner is. Two weeks. Two weeks. That's what I meant. And two weeks. Uh, that's what I was trying to say. Uh, so anyway, so y'all ready to get this going? I'm ready. All right. We're going to start with Danny right off the bat. And time on the clock, and let's go. So Hawk Girl, the immortal Egyptian warrior um, who has been resurrected several times as several different characters, but in every instance of her, she is a total badass, uh, has an nth metal harness that gives her flight and super strength. She's a master of melee weaponry. Um, she can lift any she can lift things like five times her body weight um on top of that she has taken down some pretty big heavy hitters including wonder woman uh the amazonian uh half goddess um hot girl has a a very long life worth of experience in combat 
fighting, weapons ability, and she's not afraid to get down and dirty and really kick some ass. And I think that that is why, at the end of the day, she's going to give Valkyrie a run for her money, for sure. Is that all you got? I think, yeah, I think that's that's not all good. You're out of time, anyways. <laughs> all right, time on the clock. Brittany, you ready? Okay, so right, Valkyrie is a <laughs> Valkyrie herself is an Asgardian. She has a super long life. So while Hawkgirl just keeps dying and coming back, uh, Valkyrie just stays alive and continues her experience that way. She has super strength. She has super durability. She has super like body tissue wise so it's going to take her a lot to even push her over much less kind of like knock her ass out she has super stamina which will serve up to anybody she's equivalent when it comes to her mastery in weaponry or like whether it's what weapons or unwep like uh what the the word words are hard (laughs) unarmed cam uh, combat i know i win (laughs) unarmed (laughs) combat It, she's on par with Lady Sif, who Lady Sif herself is on par and can stand up with Thor. So she can easily take down Hot Girl, no problem whatsoever. What? You can't just say that. I just did. So I have no problem with that. All right. <laughs> also, he interrupted my segment. He I'm did. sorry. He did. he did. I couldn't help myself. So uh, two minutes on the clock. Let's try not to kill each other. Let's do this clean and let's go. So Hawkgirl is one of the Justice League's heavy hitters. She's like one of the big guns. In the top three, you have Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman. And then right there behind them, you have Hawkgirl. So you're telling me that someone who's almost as good as Thor is going to stand up to somebody who's in a league with Superman and Wonder Woman? I would like to see where I said almost as good as Thor. You know what you also said? was on par with Thor. What you also said is that that Valkyrie can't die. She died in the comics. She, that's that's why Jane Foster became Valkyrie. Valkyrie. All the Valkyries were yeah, killed. After how many fucking years? You know, you know who's one of the Valkyries who got killed. Valkyrie's Valkyrie. Role, technically, she died. She yeah, she didn't technically die. She so, actually no. died. She didn't technically. You know who's died? Also, Hawkgirl. You know what she does yeah. when she dies? She comes back as another person. And how are you going to so beat that? So happy about all of that. Yeah, she's so, not happy about it, but she'll still beat your ass. You don't want that fight, I'll tell you that. I do, because Valkyrie would kick her ass anyway. Between that and her sword, her sword oh, would be Oh, great. She has to. a sword. She's going to get a spiked mace to the side of her head. She has a sword that's from a multiple-dimension fucking dragon. Not going to do her much good if she's not on her flying horse, because Hawkgirl can fly by herself. She doesn't need a horse to <laughs> Yay, do it. she can fly. Valkyrie has fucking super speed, super stamina. She not going to help her in the air. Somebody's going to die because she takes She's going to get chain battle. comboed through the air, and Hawkgirl is just going to wholesale beat her ass I from, love this from the air to the ground. On this right now I'm not on an imaginary anything. Valkyrie, she could just stand there and watch as Hawkgirl's trying to do something, and, come in and just fucking smack her ass, and you be think like, that, bitch, not today. You think that Valkyrie's going to win this fight by standing and watching instead of fighting? No, I don't see how that's even going to work. I mean, that's a terrible defense. You know what? I think I'll win this fight by standing and watching down. the other person. Yes, because oh, there's, shit, no there's a mace. in any other universe where you just stand there and you watch and you just wait for them to make the move fuck up, and then you beat their ass. Yeah, but Hawker will close the distance. How is she going to wait for her to fuck up? She's going to be right there beating the shit out of her. She has to go and touch her. Either way, you're going to fuck up. All right. So I'm just... It blows my mind that I hear kick some ass, beat some ass, but I never heard slam some ass. (laughs) 
But anyway. Our exclusive t-shirt available to only our $10 and above level of Patreon subscribers. But now uh, Get yours today. <laughs> Y'all both get 30-second rebuttals. No interruption. Danny, let's go. So I think that I said most of what I needed to say in the argument. But again, Valkyrie has a winged horse. That's how she flies. But all you have to do is separate her from the horse, and she's stuck. She can't get airborne, and Hawkgirl's going to be able to dive bomb and close the distance before Valkyrie can get out of the way. How do you get away from that? Even with even with not super speed, she's definitely not like uh, 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 Quicksilver level speed. She might be kind of fast, but she's not going to be able to get away from Hawkgirl. She's gonna she's a bird of prey. She's gonna <laughs> land on her and kill her <laughs> twice. <laughs> Point deduction. All right, Brittany, you get the last word. Let's wrap it up. 30 seconds on the clock. Let's go. Yes, because flying in the air and coming down hasn't hurt any birds, owls. How many owls have you seen hit by a fucking truck? Because it's moving and it's coming down. I don't give a... Whether you're flying or you're on the ground, whether you have a winged horse or not, you can still get your ass beat. That is all I'm saying. That argument is null and void. Now, when it comes to everything else... He's interrupting. <laughs> I love it whenever I know he's losing because he just starts interrupting and he cannot stop himself. So between her super speed, her super stamina, her super uh, super durability. Right. Uh, did you have more you wanted to say there? No, because I Too bad it's over. <laughs> Brittany, are you done? Yes, because I win. Yeah. <laughs> that is not how this game works. <laughs> it isn't my hand. Don't forget to do those emojis. Yeah. <laughs> on the vote. Don't be afraid to just throw those reactions up in the chat. We appreciate it. Um, now, Brittany, we're getting a little close on time here. So are you prepared to jump into uh, what you've been focused on lately? Yee. How about you tell us about your hyper focus? Aw, oh, cameras are messed up. Uh-huh. You got this, Heather. I believe in you. Brittany, go ahead. We'll get you fixed while you're going. <laughs> so my hyper-focus this week is actually a anime, and it is also a manga, uh, called Fruit Baskets. I am absolutely addicted to this, on par with like where Laura Olympus is. The entire premise of uh, Fruit Baskets is that you have the 12 zodiac signs, the Chinese zodiac signs, Horse, cow, dragon, all of those. And then you have the one pivotal finger, which is God, like the meta, uh, metaphysical God that's in this. And you go through it. And one of my favorite things about it is that it actually deals with real life issues when it comes to anime. For the most part, most animes are fairly lighthearted. They're fairly funny. It's just kind of take you out of reality. But with this one, you deal with things like depression, suicide, trigger sorry uh, you deal with stuff like jealousy and all of these different emotions in this one anime and it really gets wow it's really like a downer this week on everything i figured i'd stick with the trends yeah <laughs> <laughs> no it's it's very lighthearted in the fact where the main character she's just very much just wants to give love to everybody. She wants to make sure everybody's accepted. She wants to make sure everybody is okay. And she's willing to sacrifice herself in order to do that. And that's something that I very much admire about this character. Kind of because I want I, I do the same thing. But the character itself... <laughs> just drag that camera down. Just drag camera down. The character itself, whenever no, no, no. you're looking the, at this main... One of the things that's very different about this compared to the other Zodiac signs is that you actually have the 13th Zodiac sign, which is the cat. And the cat was originally tricked by the rats. 
this is going to be worse than any other Perfect. squirrel thing possible. <laughs> <laughs> so you have the cat, which was originally going to be the first one in line. Instead, the rat actually tricked the cat, got it out of line. Uh, I'm sorry, a unbearable. rat tricked a cat? Yep. And rode in onto the cow's back. And that's how it became the, the first What is going on here? I, like I literally took my rhyme. attention away for like two seconds. It kind of is the because you have the, cat the 12 different... rode in on the cow's back. You have the 12 the different cow took over the moon. What's fun about it is that if somebody of the opposite sex actually touches them, they turn into that actual animalific like, oh, sign. And so, I have that same problem. Yeah, I can believe it. So <laughs> it's a really fun anime when you're looking at it and it has its lighthearted moments, but as it goes, it actually helps you deal with a lot of issues that you may have with death and mental issues and acceptance. And I really like that anime. Nice. Nice. Well, thank you for sharing that with us, Brittany. You're welcome. I like dealing with dark things. It's harder for them to screw with my head. I like dealing with dark things. Title of your sex tape. <laughs> That's not the title. <laughs> So I'm looking at some of the suggestions in the chat. Now, I like the idea of Mary Jane versus Gwen Stacy, but I think I want to take that one further. Why don't we do the Spider-Woman version of Mary Jane from the uh, M2 line versus Gwen Stacy, uh, Spider-Gwen? Kidoki. You like that? Sure. Okay. Who do you want? Mm, who do you want? Giggity. Uh, <laughs> Daddy. <laughs> um, I... <laughs> <laughs> I would love to take the Spider Woman, uh, the Mary Jane Spider Woman. Have fun. Right? Yeah, and you nice. can have Ghost Spider. Yay, it's another week of me winning. Come back again. <laughs> you know you would have said that regardless of who you right. had, right? <laughs> like, Probably. it doesn't matter. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I love unearned confidence. That is fantastic. I'm pretty sure it's earned. So, <laughs> that is us for the week, guys. Uh, Blake, did you have anything you wanted to share with the folks at home? I do not. I mean, Okay, new studio next week. Get prepared for our beautiful new look. I haven't seen the new show set up, so picture what designs has been working on a new setup for us. Um, I've heard it's amazing. So we'll find out next week. Uh, you guys will all learn the same time we do. Um, so uh, for our sponsors, I want to say thank you to Picture What Designs for all of the design work they do for us, uh, specifically our logo, but also our new show. Uh, Ken's Comic Man out of Poplar Bluff, Missouri. They are our place, our go-to place for all of our nerd shit, comics, T-shirts, uh, pops, action figures, Game. board games. They yeah. have everything. So that place is awesome, too. If you ever get down to Poplar Bluff, visit if you live you know a good distance away fly into cape drive down to poplar bluff <laughs> it's that easy into cape. that terrifies me i i've rode, i've flown on cape air a couple of times it's not bad uh, i'm not a fan of the fact that you have to fly cape to paducah to chicago now and then oh, chicago to paducah to cape because it was just a straight flight to cape oh. which was like a half hour <laughs> it was awesome um, Perkins Performance, they are our go-to for our vinyl needs. They did the vinyl on the front of our new studio, as well as all of our stickers and pop-up banners and anything that you'll see us toting around at cons. Uh, Drop the Mic DJ Service, they are our uh, consultants for our audio, and Mike is also the head of our gaming now. He uh, started out as a sponsor, and now he's part of the team. Um, you can catch him uh, streaming Retro Recap on Thursdays from uh, 6 to... Nope. 
Thursdays from 7 to 8, and on Fridays or Sundays from 6 to 8. I'm killing it. I'm sorry, Mike. Um, I also want to say thank you to Aaron Thurman at Monster Tattoo. Aaron is the artist on our original comic series, Keto the, Ketos the Spearman, and uh, he did all of Blake's sleeve on his arm. Uh, Lennox and Jude Photography, uh, that is Jesse Aaron Dew's wife. Uh, Mallory. Mallory, thank you. Sorry. <laughs> Drew a blank on her name for a second. Uh, Mallory hard. is an amazing photographer, and if you uh, have photography needs, I would say reach out to them because her work is beautiful. Uh, Blake Hickman Construction, we couldn't do the show without them. And the Rock and Roll Drive-In in Chaffee, Missouri. Uh, Chaffee. Chaffee. Uh, and also, you can... Uh, catch our adorable mugs on the Purcell Tire big screen yeah. at Rock and Roll Drive-In every weekend. Um, except for Brittany. She's not in that commercial. <laughs> nope. I don't exist outside of this little oh, moment. Uh, also, uh, Make My Marvel is a standalone segment, which we have just reiterated on YouTube. So yeah. we have our first episode up, and next week we'll be filming our second episode. So we're trying to do two of those a month. Uh, so that's actually more material we're offering to you on our channels. Yeah, content. Uh, check that out. Um, also, uh, our Patreon. Uh, it's a great place to catch some of our uh, Patreon-exclusive episodes, including Give Me Five, uh, our continuing adventures of Kidos the Spearman, as well as our Hot Ship Challenge Ooh. video. And we are considering a pizza challenge. Was that, was that what we were talking about? Yeah, I'm we out. have. Yeah. yeah. We're we'll, all going to we'll do that probably within the month. Yeah. So I think that uh, Brittany could eat a slice of pepperoni nope. off the pizza, and we could nope. eat the rest. When it comes maybe. to pizza, I can I, I can put pizza away, too, yes. for sure. Um, I would die. <laughs> Um, for all of the things we just discussed, including our sponsors, you can see that in our show notes. Um, if you have questions, and who doesn't, you can always reach out to us on our website, comicallyinclined.com, and go to the Contact Us page. Um, also, we have just launched a publishing company, so keep an eye out for CI Press. Um, we will be publishing books, comic books, and video ga- or board games, video games eventually, maybe. Mm-hmm. Who yeah. knows? Who knows? Who knows? But definitely board games. Um, uh, I want to say thank you to Brianna Bright and Rose Roach, the authors of Shepherd and the Horn Girl and Fireball Teen Superhero, respectively. Uh, check their books out now on Amazon. And uh, Also, they'll be in uh, Chicago with us. Yes, so we are going to be at us. Fan Expo Chicago, and they will be at the booth with us. July 7th through the 10th. Um, as well as the guys from Otaku Cast, which airs, as I said, Thursday at 5.30 to 7. Uh, they talk all things video games, anime, uh, and fantasy novels. Um, guys, what a great show. Plus. You know? Uh, we love you, and we'll catch you next time.